Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub here in West Hollywood. And today, I want to be where the people are. I want to see them, see them dancing. <laughs> no, we can't do that. We're going to get sued by all of our Disney listeners. <laughs> uh, my name is Michael. I am a chaser. And uh, <clears throat> this morning, I am just around the river bend. <laughs> I don't know the rest of the lyrics. Hey there, I am Don. I am a chub living in sunny Hollywood. And today I, I hurt my knee, so I am a poor, <laughs> unfortunate soul. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to think of something now, aren't I? Yes, you are. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> All three of us say, hey. hi, my name is Dan Oliverio. I'm an author, public speaker and chubby chaser. And um, I, I don't have a Disney song. I'm just not that plugged in. I'm going to be the wet blanket <laughs> in this wonderful bed noms and broomsticks adventure of an episode we have today. Ooh. Wait, what's there's an under the sea one from that movie, too, isn't there? Yes, there is an undersea sequence that I couldn't possibly. Say I can't you. remember it. The only song I ever remember from that movie is the is the. Uh, the final one at the end, but I can't remember the lyrics, so I can't sing it. Anyway, welcome <laughs> yeah. to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, <laughs> where we talk about the things that weigh on our wandering, wandering minds. We are a touch meandry already. We're like 30 oh, seconds into the podcast, and we're already sort of, wee, where's the subject? Let's just I mean, I felt like we were pretty on track until Dan <laughs> uh, <laughs> didn't so introduce funny. himself, which has been cut out, probably. Well, well. Hopefully. Well, anyway, here we are once again on a Wednesday, or not. It may not be Wednesday where you are, but it's Wednesday here, except that it's Saturday. Um, <laughs> happy, happy quarantine anniversary, everyone! <laughs> happy, happy, happy. Is that the well wish that you use for this? Is it? Is it we solemn, made, <laughs> solemn quarantine anniversary, everyone? Uh, well. Well, let's keep bumming you out. Now that we got you let's, maybe a little bummed. Yeah. Uh, Brace yourselves. It's not all bum it's not all bummers, but we're we're starting off with a bummer. Uh, the Jeez. pop culture shit is just shitty today. Okay. Uh, go. Yeah. Um, be prepared for your shittiness, listener. Yeah, so this is from The Guardian, and it's a story uh from the UK about two teenagers being placed in foster care after weight loss plan failing. Um, yeah. Family court judge says parents failed to help severely overweight children and did not understand the worry of West Sussex social services. <sighs> and, you know, for those of you listening who can't understand why I'm always so down on the British healthcare system with regards to obesity, here you go. You can be taken away from your parents if you violate the state's weight limit. That's basically what this is about. And like I said, oh you don't see this in and not I shouldn't say any other country, but you know, these stories are always coming out of of England, uh, along with the tabloids that come out of England about like so and so just gained a thousand pounds, so and so just lost a thousand pounds. They uh it's it's sort of a, a, a circus feature, both of the national press and the National yeah. Health Service. Mm -hmm. This is symptomatic of something that we haven't really touched on in the past of fat childhood. Which is the way on, I mean, obviously this is about the, the kids, uh, this story, but fat parenthood, being the parent of a fat child. I know my parents got a lot of like weird shit about me being fat, you know, not just from doctors, but from neighbors and friends and all that stuff, um, which of course added more pressure on them to be shitty to me about my weight. Right. You know, so it's just this lovely cycle of abuse going rolling downhill to the fat child. Um, and in this case, that cycle of abuse involved taking them away, shoving them into a strange and unfamiliar environment where they're going to be deprived of food and exhausted. Mm -hmm. Like this well, is not going to be a good thing. Prior to that. So the, the family court judge and uh, social services provided the family with Fitbits Gym yeah. memberships oh, and God. they sign them up for Weight Watchers. Yes. Yeah. So, WW. Which only means that it's it's their fault if they failed because obviously the treatment works. The treatment, by the way, the treatment never works. I shouldn't say never, but seldom. And, you know, I would just like to say for people who are thinking, well, childhood obesity, that is a very serious thing. Look, no child has ever died of obesity, but thousands and thousands and thousands of children die from eating disorders. 
but we, mm, don't, we yeah. don't seem to have any patience for that. It's all about making sure they feel proper shame about being fat and trying to make them into thin people. The thing that kills me about this, I mean, besides the obvious, is that by all accounts, and according to this article and reports within, they were very good parents, quote otherwise. Like, mm-hmm. the kids were happy, the parents took care of them and met all of their needs as as parents and caretakers, and the kids were just too fat. Too and fat. So that was... Exactly. Too fat for Condemns the, the rest of it, mm-hmm. um, which is insane. That's, that's insane, right? Like, how mm-hmm. are we not... How is this not more of a... Well, and what uh, better way to support a fat kid by and and in, ensure that they have the proper shame for their body than to take away their parents, that their parents should be ashamed of, of them too and are not worthy of having them as children. It, it's just, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. All done under the, the blanket of trying to help the kid. Mm-hmm. I, wanted, I think this, this little quote is especially a key. Um, the case was such an unusual one because the children had clearly had some very good parenting. They were polite, bright, and engaging. <laughs> yeah. Um, but oh, well, they're fat. Yeah. And this isn't the first time this has happened. Nope. The article cites um, a 2012 case where a five-year-old girl was taken from her family because she was overweight. Uh, in 2014, uh, there were 74 children that were estimated to be taken into care over a five-year period across uh, England, Wales, and Scotland. And this is also during quarantine. Like, the, I think that's like, I mean, that's what we're going to be talking about later today. Like, yeah. the idea of, like, how much can you actually do? Like, so many of our sources of, of you know, activity are, are shut down right now. And so this case was judged over the course of the of 2020. And that also seems insane, like not to have the lenience to at least allow a normal, quote unquote, normal year to go by um, before you start judging people for their activity level. Not that that's okay, Mm -hmm. but I guess if you're going to be insane, you may as well go full hog. I don't know. The Mm -hmm. this might be a bit of a tangent. But the other thing this ignores, I've seen this over and over again on like reality shows where they feature fat children, is again, they feature the scandal. This is usually a British documentary. They fe- they, they feature the scandal of, oh my God, it's a hundred pound five-year-old or a 200 pound seven-year-old. And they completely do not mention that, oh, by the way, the child has something called Prader-Willi syndrome, which is a genetic condition that makes the kid impossible to feel full. And so, yeah, you've got this, this infant or this toddler who is constantly screaming that it's hungry and you can't just put the kid on Weight Watchers. Usually right. what they end up doing is waiting until the kid is, you know, a 500 pound 10 year old and then give them gastric bypass surgery because it's a genetic condition mm-hmm. and they will always want this food. Uh, so I know, I know we have listeners in the UK and uh, I, I want those listeners to go out and, and find these judges and picket them, stand outside their houses with snacks and hand out those snacks to everyone except them. <laughs> and then they'll feel bad. Some jammy dodgers and... Uh, <laughs> I like Michael's version of protest. Twirly whirly. <laughs> yeah, twirly whirly. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. Uh, um, I think that should be our new our new bit is that we uh, we think of uh, snack foods from England and we have to, and I have to be able to tell are they real or are they something Trevor made up? <laughs> All right, Trevor. There's, there's Either that or Kit, Kit Kat flavors from Japan. Oh my God. Wacko. Wacko. All right. Well, I, I, don't know. I think this next one is um, better. It's a little it's lighter. It's fun. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's solving a problem in a nice way. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was an article in The Verge about plus size knitters um, basically solving the, the sizing gap in knitting patterns. Do you mean that they they were they couldn't find sweaters in the stores that they liked so they started knitting them or do you mean they knit sweaters anyway but they couldn't find patterns big enough for the people they knit for uh patterns yeah it's all it it all seems to be patterns um one woman um started selling patterns and basically figuring out the sizing so they go up to 5XL um another designer of swanky emu knits uh mm-hmm. basically has figured out a way to use a spreadsheet so people can enter their measurements and the pattern will adjust to 
the measurements they oh, that's, enter. That's genius. That's genius. Um, right. Sort of and basically so the that, idea of sizes entirely. Yeah. And just that any body type, any size, no body's too large or small. So like using the modern technology we have at our disposal to solve problems that <laughs> like don't need to be problems. Mm-hmm. Well, especially when you're knitting one sweater at a time for a particular person. Yeah. Like, yeah, this should not be an issue. And also just kind of doing this as a stand against like just feeling uh, they say you feel the different isms within the knitting community. Mm. Uh, Hicks, who's black, said people have their way of making you not feel welcome. And also just kind of challenging the idea of what people think when they think of someone who knits. Because I think a lot of people just picture like, you know, the tiny white old lady with like the <clears throat> the curly hair and, and a cat. Half moon glasses. Yeah. And Meanwhile, I used to be a knitter. <gasps> you know? No. I did. did. I knitted in college uh, instead of taking notes because I needed something to do with my hands. And I huh. remembered shit. Yeah. But I needed something to do with my hands. Otherwise, I wouldn't be listening. Um, you knitted that sweater you're wearing, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, but I gave up knitting more complicated things because I couldn't find anything that I could knit for myself. So I just ah well there you well, go. Now you can. Th- yeah, now you can. Uh, <laughs> finally, I think the last thing that's interesting is uh, the you know in in fighting back against this inclusivity inclusivity problem, someone started an Instagram page, Fat Test Knits. Um, so that people can connect if they have a knitting pattern for basically plus sizes, they can share that pattern with other fat knitters so that yeah other people, they can test, you know, make, test out the patterns and make sure they work and that there's not any weird issues with like the sleeves or the neck or whatever. Oh yeah. They, yeah. Basically she had been told by two different designers, uh, that they hadn't created a a test pattern in her size because they couldn't find a suitable test knitter. And so she sort of created this page out of spite, basically saying like, (laughs) I mean, the quote is she's thinking I'm fat and I knit and I'm telling you, I want to give you money. (laughs) And they're they're basically saying, no, sorry. So she's like, well, fuck you. I'll create this page to solve the problem that you say is a problem, which really shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just love the kind of the last little quote, uh, because I feel like it applies to so much, Within the fatosphere. Um, it's just something I have to do if I want something. Hicks said, no one's going to fight for me as hard as I would fight for myself. Yeah. 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 So there Good you go, advice. Don. Get some, get, get knitting. Make us, Get my wool on. Yeah. Get, <laughs> yeah, baby. Make yourself a, a nice, cozy sweater in time for summer. <laughs> yeah. Be and speaking of, oh. And speaking of wool... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Best segue ever. <laughs> it's Fat Watch 2021. Yay. So when one thinks of wool, they think of sheep. <laughs> they do? Naturally. And what color is sheep? White? No. Black sheep. Speaking of black sheep. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of natural segues. Uh, There's a new ballet company in town uh, making dance more inclusive and accessible for all. And the name of that ballet company is Black Sheep Ballet. Um, Where are they? They are everywhere. They are an online based uh, ballet company. So the, the Black Sheep Ballet Company was founded by... Brian Sims, but the article also highlights Colleen Warner. And basically they they both talk about kind of the the lack of diversity within the ballet community and how they wanted to have a space during COVID to uh, practice ballet. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love it because it is like, I wouldn't necessarily think of that. And so much has moved online and it's just, it's a really beautiful article, uh, I love the photos of both um, Brian and Colleen. Um, and actually, they had their first online performance, mm-hmm. um, which I was able to watch some of this morning. And it was just lovely. And it's, it I don't know, it, it took me back to like very early quarantine and like watching um, some of the Broadway benefits, just seeing people perform in their homes and hone their craft. And it's it's very sweet. It's very like sort of virtual video style. Um, sometimes it's cutaways. Sometimes it's like seeing multiple dancers in boxes sort of edited together. Um, and I like that this this dance troupe is it's 
it has a variety of diversities that they're I think they're working to to include. Like it's not just like size, but also mm. anything. There's a 79 year old ballerina yeah. in their troupe, so it's just a very cool way to be inclusive and i think almost the perfect format to do so it is interesting because being fat i'm i'm definitely aware of like the fat exclusion of the dance world but with ballet it really is like if you are not very specific a very narrow line of body type you are not acceptable for the ballet it's it's very interesting and it's something that i think a lot of people would aspire to so that's a gorgeous thing Mm-hmm. Well, even, I mean, so uh, Brian Sims is black and up until, I mean, I'm trying to remember because there was a big article about it, like uh, black ballerinas would have to paint their shoes with makeup because there weren't shoes in their skin tone. Yeah. Oh, right. wow. Um, it's the, just one of those things you take for granted when like, you know, you're white and it's like, oh, like. Skin tone. Is, as, soon, yeah. as soon as anything is marketed as flesh tone, there's always an issue. <laughs> yes. I remember when yeah. I was a kid in first grade, we were coloring stuff and there was a flesh colored crayon yeah. in, mm-hmm. in the in the stack that wasn't even that. vaguely mm-hmm. of the ballpark of my color. Yeah. Well, so thank you, Black Sheep Ballet. Yes. Uh, we support you. You are awesome. Um, to the dancer, I don't know that we actually said this i can't remember but colleen werner is a is a fat ballerina that was the connection here but the yes. inclusivity is is also i think broadly appealing yes so awesome um so here we are uh, uh facing probably the the most real version of the end of quarantine potentially maybe mm-hmm. possibly knock on wood <laughs> coming up soon and yeah we we were initially we had this idea of like, you know, what happens like a year ago, it was like, Oh, the COVID 20, right. Or the COVID 19, like weight that you gain because you're stuck in quarantine and, and all of the conversation around like having to try and stay fit. And that was again, part of the episode or part of the article earlier about the kids not getting enough exercise, uh, according to the, the judge in the UK. And now that we're coming out of quarantine, the idea that, a lot of people are going to be going really, really hard to try and get themselves back into quote unquote shape. And that's going to, it's going to spill out on a lot of people. I think yeah, that's I going think to we have, uh, be messy. Two examples right here. Of <laughs> Hi. Pushing themselves I bet you're wondering how I hurt my knee. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you guys oh. don't know this. Dan actually hurt his knee yesterday. Well, it wasn't my no. knee. It wasn't my knee. No, oh, I, was I, your... I got a little overambitious on the uh, on the leg press, and so I have, I have, I've hurt my left quad a bit, or one of the muscles oh, in no. my left quad. So I'm I'm rehabbing that, but it's it's much better today. And oh, I, but but yeah, it's that idea of like I'm gonna, I I feel this spurt of energy, and I'm gonna do something about it. Ouch! Ouch! Yeah! yeah. Ouch! <laughs> I I went jogging and had a similar experience. I don't think I hurt my knee, but I pushed it right up to the point that I was like, oh no, okay, I got to stop. But we don't want to just talk about physical uh, preparation Mm -hmm. because that's Mm -hmm. not what we're, that's not the only thing we're about here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, part of it is also like, I've gotten very comfy in my apartment over the past year, not having to march out in front of a world that I feel is judging me constantly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's some mental prep too, about having to throw my body out there, especially after, like a belief that after a year of sitting on the couch, my body is in a weird shape, right? Uh, I, I, for me, in my mind. I, I have a jumping off for that, but I don't know if you want to, if I should save it for later, but jump, Dan, jump. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, because it's, it's that mind fuck when you're, you're part of a marginalized group and something happens and you're in that mind fuck place of, okay, did that just happen or was that prejudice? Like, you know, lots of people mm. don't get the job, but is yeah. that why I didn't get the job? And and right. I think coming out of quarantine, and this speaks to what you were talking about, Don, where you've had this other experience of people only seeing you mostly from the chest up. Mm-hmm. And you had this other experience and, you know, you're going to compare it because you're a human being who has, you know, memory. So it, it I think it intensifies that the the inside game your head going round and round and round with yourself about 
what's going on now? This, ju- this, this isn't how it was in quarantine. Is, is that how it always was? Is this new? Is it a reaction to my weight gain? Is it a reaction to nothing? Am I imagining this? Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I just guess what I mean is that it can be, even if nothing in the outside world changed, the, what is, what's inside your head changed. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. It, it's that's sort a- of like, I think of it as like, uh, you know, you get used to dealing with that sort of mental strain mm-hmm. is sort of like exercising, right? You get used to it. You get, you know, and you deal with it almost subconsciously. Um, after a year of not exercising, it's hard to get back into it, whether it's physical exercise or mental defense. So what do you do? Well, I, I it's got a good some. question, Don. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I see it also as part of an opportunity to push the reset button. I know that was true for me because right after I had, I had shoulder surgery and just when I was getting back in the gym, all the gym shut down. And so yeah. it, is, it has been a, a difficult thing for me to get used to. But the opportunity I found in it was that I could, I could kind of reset like, okay, so what is it? what is it I'm really trying to achieve? Cause I'm a lot of the stuff that I used to do for, for, for bodybuilding and fitness kind of came from autopilot from when I was in my twenties and thirties. And I am so much past my twenties and thirties. <laughs> and, and so it's like, well, you know, it's kind of a way to go, okay, what's important now? Take stock of where I am now. And what are the things I, I want to include? Like, like Don just said, exercise. Exercise to me when I was 20 is not the same as exercise now. And I'm not saying it's better mm. or worse. It's just so much different because my body is different and yeah. and my lifestyle is different. Yeah. I think that's the thing that I very much f- tried to focus on like during this past year was boiling things down to what are what's most important and like what is actually really, really relevant in my life and what's the extraneous stuff that I can kind of like trim away and and not worry about, which I think we have the luxury of doing that right now because there aren't a whole lot of external stimuli. And so now that there's sort of the prospect of going out into the world again, um, for instance, I get significant amounts of anxiety being out about in LA. And I don't think it wasn't, I don't think it's that it didn't exist before quarantine. I think that Mm -hmm. I just didn't notice it. Yeah. And Now, the prospect of going out into the city ostensibly whenever I want, but really just more than I have been, is kind of like, I don't really want to. <laughs> like, I mm-hmm. I feel protected right now. <laughs> Trevor, how do you a, feel about that? Because that, that sounds like you. I mean, I am just so like, it's go, I, I don't even know what to imagine it's going to be like. Because I've already kind of, I mean, we, I feel like we, I've seen like little glimpses of like, everyone just wants to get back to normal. Like, yeah. I mean, mm. what I think dining opened, if it didn't open this weekend, it's opening Monday or something. And everyone is just like, oh my God. Okay. Thank God we're back to normal. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, actually, no, like this has been a deeply traumatic <laughs> experience for everyone. And everyone's like physically and mentally different. And maybe mm. we can take a minute to unpack that before we, uh, I mean, Dan booked, um, you know, the big Bayou, which is a chest chaser event. event that was supposed to happen last it was August or September. Basically, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I remade our reservations at the hotel. Yes. And I'm just yeah. like trying to imagine like, I mean, I, I'm a Gemini. <laughs> so I go from like super social to like, leave me alone. I just need to get like back into, the, I'm going to go lock myself in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> yeah. And imagining like going back. Like I'm already like mentally bracing myself for like that level of like being on and also like, I don't know, being contact, like, kind contact. Of, like <laughs> social and like a little sexy and like, okay, I, I'm and like it's going to be really humid because it's in New Orleans and just like all of these things of like so many things out of my control. So is there a is there an element of like dipping your toes in? Like if everybody else is rushing back into, you know, normal life and uh, completely ignoring any side effects of having been in quarantine for a year, is there an, is there a way that we can kind of dip our toes in to slowly reacclimate um and and not like uh, for instance, I mean I would love to be able to have game nights again. Like mm-hmm. once everyone in my groups in my group is is vaccinated, I feel like that could be 
Or, by the way, being able to record this podcast in person again <laughs> would be phenomenal. We've gotten so Have used you, to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just realized yesterday, or I just remembered yesterday, that we've only recorded 12 of these episodes in person. Oh, yeah. my God. And the rest have been <laughs> online. I and we're all I would love that. to do this in person. And this is again. like episode 56 or something. Yeah. 56. Yeah. 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 So I think that's an element of like maybe reintegrating with the parts of your life that you would, that you could heavily outweigh that any potential negatives with a lot of positives. Like I know I'm only going to be seeing my friends and I know it's going to be in a controlled circumstance. It's not out in public and it's doing something I like to do. Those are a lot of positives around a new social experience and and hopefully mm-hmm. basically just sort of reintegrating with interacting with other people and people where it's a safe environment where you're not going to feel judged for how you look or, or whatever. I mean, I think for me, like how that would look going from like what I said would be like, so, you know, I have my vaccine appointment. Uh, Biden said it, you know, he wants states to open up to everyone by May 1st. My birthday is at the end of May. So like, you know, I was saying to Dan, like, theoretically, we could do something for my birthday, like, which is a (laughs) bizarre concept. (laughs) And like, for me, the like dipping my toes into like something that just seems so daunting now would be like, like, so Dan has some friends in San Diego for his, you know, his high school crew, like going down to San Diego and like going out to a meal and like sharing an appetizer with other people that have been vaccinated. Oh wow! <laughs> no, that's like, that's a really good idea. Is like something or like mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so strange to think like, oh yeah, I used to be like we'd pass a drink around and everyone be like, oh that's an interesting thing. Let me put my mouth on everything oh my and God. like no, <laughs> or like making out with someone in a pool where it's like, hey, you're hot, you're hot too. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, whereas like the visual really helps t- their audience tv from the 90s i'm like feeling anxious like oh my god they're all sitting in an enclosed space yeah no so, i totally get that watching I, stuff i think we may be over sweating this a little bit uh i think there's going to be sort of a natural integration time just out of necessity because we're not all getting vaccinated at the same time That's just not what's going to happen. So what's going to happen is you're going to get vaccinated. And at that point, you're going to be able to visit with the people you've you missed most during the pandemic that have also been vaccinated. That's going to be a small group at first, which means small reintegration. That's fine. (laughs) Get together with the people who've been vaccinated in small ways. You don't have to make your first a social reunion, a vacation to another place with a whole bunch of other people to smear your tongues all over the same (laughs) liquor cup. Uh, The first meeting can be with like that best bud you haven't seen in a year, Um, just over at their place, sitting down, having a drink together. Um, Well, that's going to count for reintegration. Sure. But what I I think the thing that Trevor points to that I find so interesting is that although let's say you got vaccinated tomorrow, Trevor, and let's say that, you know, uh, Michael, you got vaccinated the day after that. The two of you could have lunch by the end of the week. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's cute. And that's great. And that's small and that's doable. But what fucks with people like Trevor is that you're thinking about you're about to get vaccinated, Trevor. And here I am planning a massive like Bacchanal weekend in New Orleans, but I'm putting it I'm putting it six months away. So it's not unreasonable because it's six months away. But in your current mental state, it seems completely ridiculous, completely undoable. Yeah. Well, and because like, I don't know, my markers for the week have been like, you know, I do Pilates over Zoom twice a week and there's the this call right now and other than that it is just like and, and then, then the rest of the, the black void <laughs> oh. yeah um and the thing that i keep coming back to is and people have said this people have said especially after uh what happened this summer with uh with black lives matter and all this stuff is you know do you really want to go back to quote unquote normal don't we want something better than normal Yes. And, and I I 
welcome people to think about that in terms of their own normal. For example, you could get down on yourself or like, well, I can't do, you know, I'm, I'm working up to getting back to my previous fitness level. And right now I'm below that. And, and you're, you're coming from a place of not sufficient or insufficiency. Mm-hmm. And what I'm inviting people to do is, you know, throw out what you used to be able to do. What do you want to be able to do? Like, and, and you see this with people at work, right? People, people were forced to work from home and that was really hard. And then some people turned a corner where they're like, hey, I think I want to keep working from home or yeah. at least I want to mm-hmm. work from home more than I was, which was never, so that you can get to redefine your goal rather than giving yourself shit for not being what you used to be or not doing yeah. what you used to do or, or, or even wanting what you used to want. I think one element of coming up with a new normal for myself, certainly as far as anxiety goes, is uh, I'm going to keep wearing a mask in a lot of situations. Um, certainly, like if I travel, if I'm on a plane or just in a public space where having that kind of close contact already gives me anxiety, mm-hmm. um, I'll probably keep wearing a mask if it feels like it's something that I can create a little bit of separation from the world where I need to kind of block out some of that unwelcome stimulus. Um, yeah. That sounds like it's not as much about contagion as it is just what you kind of want a, a barrier. It's a, yeah, it's a comfort. It's, it's a, it's to, cause a lot of my anxiety, I don't get crazy level of, of anxiety, but I get enough and it's always based around, um, excessive stimulus, like sensory input. Um, and so creating like wearing, earplugs on planes, uh, wearing sunglasses in the sun, like, and, and I think in that same way, if I'm in a crowd of people having a mask on, I don't think that I would necessarily get sick. It's just a, a comfort level that I wouldn't have been comfortable with doing before the pandemic. Yeah. And, and one way to see that is, oh, Michael's not out of quarantine yet. Maybe he never will be. The other way to look at it is (laughs) Michael, Michael finally started taking care of himself and doing what he needed to do for him. (laughs) Right. Right. And that probably won't be forever, but I think definitely in the transitional period. And, you know, if I'm, I think on a plane, I will probably always bring a mask with me just forever, just because I've gotten sick on planes so many times, (laughs) so many times and it's not worth it. Um, Um, Yeah. Well, there is but a yeah, thing. There is a thing at events, and this is this is just fat boy events. This is like you know circuit parties in Palm Springs, uh, where everybody goes to the event. Everybody is like all over each other, sweating all over each other, kissing each other, blah 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 blah, and you know a bunch of people go home sick, and it's called kettle cough. <laughs> kettle cough. It's called yeah, yeah. You went to the event. You got wow. kettle cough. <laughs> this is in the uh, I don't know more kind of like uh, I'll say normie or even just I don't know like. In a non-sexual environment, that's called cron cud, where, or sorry, con crud. Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) Like at any convention, people just Mm. get sick. And actually, I will say a lot of these conventions, there are are (laughs) plenty of shenanigans going on in the hotel rooms. I'm not sure you can have a convention without shenanigans. It's it's not true. It's it's not only true of uh, sexy time conventions either. Yes. I would come back from yeah. Comic-Con with something most years. Oh, people, you could go yeah. to a pharmaceutical convention, people are hooking up. That's half of why they no, go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not well, that Don't guy. even get me started about the NRA convention. <laughs> guns go off? They love their guns up there. <laughs> um, along the lines of what we're saying here is uh, try and take some of your mental state of your, your, your good place right now into the real world when this resumes. So something I've been thinking about in terms of uh, the way I work, I work closely with people uh, to uh, develop projects. And usually when we first meet, I am aware of the fact that there is a stigma attached to my body where they're going to assume I'm a little dumber or I'm a little, you know, less than, right? I'm used to having to overcome that, um, which I've gotten good at. However... Uh, during the quarantine, I have noticed because they can only see me from the chest up, people have been expe- have people have been accepting my expert my my expertise far more easily. Like I just I don't have that speed bump, right? Mm-hmm. So what I've been thinking the initial thought is great. Now the quarantine's coming to an end. I'm gonna have to meet these people face to face. I'm gonna have to do this all over again, right? Uh, with people who. I've been working with for a year at this point. 
Mm. But that that assumption has been sort of in my head, right? I'm trying to turn that around and go, you know what? I've already proven my expertise during this downtime, right? If they mm-hmm. reimpose some new barrier when they meet me face to face because of my body, I don't need to work to overcome that this time, right? This time it's going to be on them mm-hmm. because they know I can do the job. And is there room to, probably not always, but to basically play your own card as far as like, oh, yes, you want to have lunch on Thursday. I've actually got a crazy packed day. It's easier if we just do a Zoom call. And then are you able to kind of like do that in some cases i could do that but a lot a lot of my the longevity of my position would depend on me building connections so that's difficult to do to build a deep connection over zoom yeah at some point i'm going to have to meet people face to face well the necessary the mind fuck of it is that you know on the one hand you're like oh people see i'm fat and they undervalue me and then there's a whole lot of people who really don't give a crap that you're fat but yeah. you still have that thing in your head about that yep. they do. And the problem is you're right all the time because some people, yes, and some people no, and you never know which one and you never know why. And ah, you'll drive yourself crazy. And so I think it can be just a better, a better place to stand given, given that there's no way for, for us to judge the reality independently like there's there's no true case it's it's all perception it's their mm-hmm. perception of you and you and their and you and your perception of them and worse your perception of their perception of your perception no <laughs> i mean it, it oh, becomes a don't even get on that treadmill because i can <laughs> i can exactly. one up you on that every exactly. time exactly it get it just goes down this endless rabbit hole it's so you you can't you can't navigate that it's innavigable so i think you just have to decide what are you going to do about it how are you going to present are you going to you're going to have a policy i'm going to do most of my meetings on zoom i'm going to do my meetings in person but i'm just not going to put energy into that uh, I, I think there needs to be something that you take take that you seize that you take control of because you're never going to know how it really is really i just is. love that dan just used the word innavigable in, <laughs> in conversation you managed to work it in good for you that's oh, one of those I, words I, I never hear anyone say that word out loud oh i went there don i went there <laughs> I'm, 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 kind, I'm kind of intrigued <laughs> now now figure out a way to work in indefatigable oh, oh that was easier that's yeah <laughs> but it's harder to say stay tuned yes, next week probably. when i work in the word iliomocenary oh god <laughs> <laughs> okay you're gonna have to work in the definition too <laughs> So I think the lesson for me has been like, so I I started going jogging recently because I want to get ready to be able to play soccer again. And like Don, like Dan, like started to feel like, oh, oh, my knee, like that's not usually a problem, but I can tell, I can tell that there's something about to give way if I push it too hard and just to back off, like, just don't, don't, don't try and go a hundred percent. Just keep track of where you're at whether it's mentally or physically or both and, and stay in touch with that and don't expect yourself to be able to just dive back in hundred percent because those people are going to go to restaurants <laughs> on Monday and get each other sick. Well, and, and maybe the other way to think of it, Michael is rather than, because you're going to feel bad if you don't give hundred percent, but maybe that's a hundred percent of where you are. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a really good way of putting it. Well, I think also something just that, I don't know, has given me like, some comfort in just not being where I was physically. So, you know, I've been doing Pilates twice a week over Zoom, basically basically since the start of the pandemic. I think there's probably like three weeks. two weeks or something where I was like, oh, well, like, I'll just wait for the gym to reopen. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tumbleweeds. Yeah. Across um, the <laughs> But my Pilates instructor who, you know, is working out basically all the time because he's either teaching and working along with his clients or, you know, just on his Pilates equipment for fun has injured himself multiple times from doing stupid things and basically getting the same injuries that I have had throughout the Mm. pandemic Uh were like hurt, you know, pulling something in his back from like moving a chair. Right. um, And, or just, you know, very having similar strain on his body because, it's we're just all in this weird place of 
not moving like we used to. I'll also add to that. Uh, when I was, this is before the pandemic, but something I became aware of, something I've done for years at this point uh, is trying to do lots of stretching. I don't do as much yoga, though I like it, but it just try like in the morning, stretch before I get up and do a bunch of stuff. And when I started playing soccer, I kept getting the same injury over and over again. Um, and I and then I realized that the specific stretch that I was doing was essentially overstraining that one muscle. Yes. And then I would play. Yes. Preach it. Preach it. Yes. I have done that to myself so many times and it took me so long to learn that no, stretching is the problem, not the not stretching. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so, and it, it, because everyone tells you this is just a good thing, maybe just also keeping track of like if that's happening or if you find something that's biting you in the butt consistently, maybe there's a different way to look at her like a different solution and in that case like yeah i stopped doing that stretch and i might like got stronger and it wouldn't get injured and, and i'm not taking anything away from stretching a lot of the times it's the wrong stretch or the wrong way to do the stretch or you're holding yeah. it, you're pushing too far too long too fast whatever it is but what mm-hmm. you're doing ain't working stop it mm-hmm. right right and so to in that in that vein just like not not going not necessarily going back to a set routine you have because just because it's what you've always done well, we have a tip today that's kind of related to all of this. Um, and I'll look, actually let Dan set it up because he shared it. Yeah. Ooh. So we were talking about stretching and uh, Don's knee and my quad. And um, I happen to be acquainted, not personally acquainted, but Cinder Ernst is a, um, a fitness coach who works a lot with fat people and uh, uh, people who people who don't move the way that everybody else moves. Let's just put it that way. And she has a number of videos and ways to, uh, she calls it knee friendly fitness. And Hmm. her website is cinderearns.com plus size knee pain solutions. And I love what she says right at the top of her webpage. She says, tired of being told you have to lose weight, you know, to, to help your knee. Not true. Discover how to relieve pain and gain strength so you can get active and live fully. And her whole thing is it's about adapting the exercise to what you can do instead of beating yourself up about what you can't do. And that either becoming an excuse or worse, turning into resignation. So you do, so you do nothing or even less. And Mm -hmm. again, she has tons of this stuff. She has a book. She has tons of videos on, on YouTube. Uh, and I just would really recommend checking her stuff out, especially if you're one of these people who is like, I'd like to do more, but my knee, or I'd like Mm -hmm. to do more, but whatever. Yeah. And I like her YouTube page too. I mean, she's got a few dozen videos up there, but, and, and some of them are her doing the exercise herself. Um, and, and she's a fairly average sized person, but she also has, um, uh, like models with her to sort of give examples of these same exercises and she can sort of work with them in the video and show a different body type doing those same exercises. And you can get, I think, a variety of points of view on these things and and how to do them, um, yourself if you're having a hard time, like translating what she's doing to what you're able to do, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is just a really clever way to to show it visually if that's the way that you learn best. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to share uh, something I don't know, adjacent to that, which I forgot to put here. Um, so I found this uh, website after uh, our prep call where Don mentioned, you know, he hurt his knee. Uh, braceability.com has uh, several plus size knee braces. Um, mm-hmm. in, there's one that goes to like uh, 6X. There's another that goes to a 4X. Um, there's different styles, um, and they also have some other plus size braces I for different body parts. Just purchased a brace from them after we talked the other day. And oh, great! I am actually watching it roll towards my apartment right now. Ooh! <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, stay tuned, listeners. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, check check them out. Uh, I think it's always good to have, I don't know, specialty resources because sometimes Amazon just doesn't cut it. And I will, I, I will throw my two cents behind getting braces for any part of your body that needs help. Uh, when I first started playing soccer again, I was injuring everything. Yeah. And I've just, I put compression shit all over my body and it makes a huge difference if you can get one that fits. It's true. It was crazy. It looked like he was in a gimp suit. There was like a straw <laughs> sticking out of his mouth so he could breathe. It was crazy. Well, I think it's important for, for Michael and, and me to say stuff like this because so often... 
fat people are told that it's their fault if they get injured. You know, you wouldn't mm-hmm. have been injured if you weren't so goddamn fat. And and it's always the fat person's fault, no matter what happens. You know, if if I if I hurt my leg at the gym, it's because oh, you started working a little too hard there, didn't you, big guy? If Trevor hurts himself at the gym as well, because he was so damn fat. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this huge difference in perception that people sometimes take on internally. And no, it ain't that. I promise you it ain't that. And as far as the brace thing goes, um, I don't just a quick shout out to my my fellow large guys. Uh, find that website and bookmark it because I was looking <laughs> I, I bought a knee brace like two years ago now. And it not only did it hurt, but it would it wouldn't stay up like it would just oh. roll down and become a tourniquet. Yeah. Um, it was just not designed for my body. Um, so finding a knee brace when you're a big guy is really hard. So this place had a really good variety and cross section. So nice. Yeah. Are we ready for our bit today? Oh yes, please, sir. Yes. We are. Yay. It's been all kibble Since so we're far. talking about preparation, right? I was thinking in terms of, uh, what's the big question everyone always asks, what would you bring to a desert Island? Right. Dessert. Uh. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to turn this around a little bit. And I'm going to call this bit gifts for your desert island. OK, mm. so each of us is going to bring up something that we're really looking forward to after we get to go back out into the real world and resume our old lives. And then the other three will offer up some gift. Right. That something that would enhance that experience for you, make it even better or more wonderful. Right. Hmm. And then whoever came up with this, look, they will decide which of those three gifts they will accept. They may only take one. Okay. Okay. And so that'll be a point. So whoever (laughs) has the most points at the end of it is the winner. Ah, so whoever's the most thoughtful. That's Trevor. Trevor's going to win this. Gifts (laughs) don't have to be physical things. Gifts can be mental things. Gifts can be uh, (laughs) services, you know, whatever. Services rendered. I'm good at services, Don. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm good at services too. <laughs> you cannot answer every question and a blowjob. You can't. That's not okay. This is a family-friendly show. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> we don't talk about blowjobs or wall-mounted fuck machines on this show. Oh boy. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, diving right in. <laughs> um, would anyone like to go first, or shall I lead us off? I'll go first. Trevor would like to okay. lead us off. I've said I feel like I've maybe even said this on the podcast. So the thing I'm most looking forward to post quarantine, and this might be like 2022, just because I'm looking forward to my first super chill maskless trip to probably I'm I'm saying Trader Joe's to Trader Joe's and just being able to like hmm. take my time <laughs> and look at all of the different snacks and specialty items and just mm. really browse and like, mm, yeah. And maybe I want like, maybe, I don't know, there's a plant I want. <laughs> and just like very chill, like a, I don't know, a former trip to Trader Joe's in the before time. Hmm. 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 I have an answer. Okay. I have an answer. I don't know if this is going to be. Does it? Oh, I guess here's a question, a clarity of rules question. Is this something that I have to think? Or I have to assume he does not already have, or can I just say what I think would be the best? No, you, you can. You can. It doesn't matter if he has it or not. It's something okay. that you would give him in that moment. I think the the perfect compliment for this would be um, a fully charged pair of earbuds and a playlist of his favorite music, so Ooh. he can sort of just like put it on. And like have it going and like keep him in a good mood. He's like jamming out and just experiencing what he wants from that shopping trip and not having to deal with like people coming on the loudspeaker to say whatever or like (laughs) assholes like talking to themselves about trash in the background. (laughs) Like you just get to shut the world out a little bit and have an experience of it. Uh, I, I think I would provide what I always provide when the, when we go to Trader Joe's, <laughs> when Trevor yeah. to Trader Joe's, which is I will push the cart for you, baby. Ooh. <laughs> That's a good one. Trevor hates pushing the cart. He's nettled by the cart. He is inhibited <laughs> by the cart. I really? will take the mm. cart off your hands. I love pushing answer. the cart. I, I know. I enjoy it. I find it peaceful and relaxing. I think he doesn't like it because he can't ride on it. It's oh, no, that's, valid. that's valid. It depends on the cart because I'm tubby and I have short arms. So yeah. it's like 
It's hard to reach There's the some car. that are more awkward than others. And <laughs> Trader Joe's is one of those ones where it's just not quite the right height for me. Mm-hmm. He's too short think, for the trolley. I think the <laughs> gift I would give to you, Trevor, is familiarity. When you went back to that Trader Joe's and started shopping for all those lovely products, the products that you remember will still be there. Oh, that's and the crew members that you always liked best at that store all happen to be working their shift that day. And waving silently while you wear your noise canceling. You don't earbuds. need to talk yeah. with them, but they remember you and they smile at you as you go by. Oh, I think that's, that's a good one. That's a good answer. Yeah. I might have to go with the, uh, the workers, although there's only one who I really kind of, I don't know, have vivid memories of. And I, I haven't seen him in a long time and I don't even know if he still works there. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. All right. Nice. That's Don one point, point for me. Point. That, that was, that was worth a point. Mm-hmm. Anyone yeah, want to go next? Answer. I have an answer. Uh, okay. Unless somebody else wants to go in. Do it, okay. Michael. Uh, my answer, uh, I cannot wait to be able to run uh, D&D again mm. in person with my friends, it was like a revolutionary experience when I did that for the first time uh, back in 2019. And uh, I have been champing at the bit to be able to do it again. I'd love to be able to run my homebrew sci-fi world that I've been working on for like three years. Mm. Um, and that is like my my top of my list, like number one goal to be able to do again. Uh, I know what I would provide for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of ties yes. into mine. Uh, I when 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 Trevor would have the D and D crew over at our house, I I I really have no interest in playing D and D whatsoever. But I loved when they would come over because I loved the opportunity to like bartend and play host. Oh, I really uh, liked that. There was always something yeah. new and mm. interesting in a cup. Yeah, and like He's here, always tr- making drinks. Have you ever tried yeah. this? Or, you know, and things like that. Yeah. And um, yeah, then you guys can play the game. I'm, I'm gone. I'm out. But, <laughs> and I mean, I get it. It's a great game. It's just not mine. So uh, I, I, that's what I would, I would offer uh, bartending and, and hosting and uh, mm. uh, clever victuals. This is a very good answer, I have to say, because his drinks are fantastic. <laughs> and strong. Yes. Mm. Hence fantastic. <laughs> I think I would provide you with a special screen setup mm. where you could pass notes to other players uh, send little video messages or map pieces. Um, that, of course, comes with a mapping system where you can instantly produce whatever sort of environments you want for people to all share and move around. Well, in. now we're just talking magic, but yes, <laughs> yes! that is it. <laughs> that actually exists. That there is, that does exist. I, I just bought uh, I bought Foundry VTT and I'm playing around with it. But yes, that is a very good answer, too. All right, Trevor, what do you got? Two words. Uh oh. Pork <gasps> chowder. Oh my yes. God. Winner. <laughs> yes. Ding 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 Tell ding. Tell everybody ding, out ding. there in listener land what that means. So, so can I set it up and then yes. you, you've tipped it? So I in my first D campaign, um came up with this dish. There's a restaurant that one of the NPCs was running and it was this restaurant called Port Chowder and it was this sort of awful chain place that nobody liked and he was sort of slaved away having to make this like uh, by numbers dish and he finally said fuck it and made his own version of it that was like amazing and delightful and everybody in town just like flocked to have it. This is the and, character. But it was made right? up. Yeah. This is the character. It, but it was made up. It was completely fictionalized. It was just supposed to be kind of silly and fun. And then at the, at the finale, the season finale of our game, Trevor made this dish now, was, and brought it to us. It was really good too. Even the vegetarians ate it. Did you, <laughs> did you <laughs> make up... The, did the dish have a title or was it just a dish that everybody liked? Like what, what was the game? It had parameter? a title. So the it had a title. pork chowder was a dish. And there was a, basically from the first time it came up, I'm like, I'm going to make this at some point, but I have to <laughs> work through how to do it. And it took me a time. Every time the dish kind of came up in the game, I was thinking about like, okay, how can I make this tasty? Because it was a cream based chowder. That was the trick was like, he was always like, is this, can this be like a red chowder? And it's like, you know, it probably would be better in real life if it were, but really in my imagination, it is like, a white it chowder. looks like New England chowder, but with pork, which never sounded appealing. It wasn't supposed to sound appealing. Mm-hmm. It was not supposed to sound good at all. That was the whole point. Yeah. Although um, chowder is often made with pork in the form of bacon. Yes. Well, so, I mean, obviously I used a, 
I found a recipe to base it off of. Um, and instead, basically, no clams, no clam juice. I got very fancy pork broth. <laughs> I used pancetta. And for the pork, uh, Dan had a recipe for this milk braised pork. Yeah, this is a recipe yes. from Spain. It goes way back. Uh, it's basically everything that you wouldn't do in a dish if you were Jewish. You would <laughs> you would cook <laughs> pork. You would cook pork in milk is how you make uh-huh. this, how you start this dish. And it's a beautiful Spanish recipe, which Trevor then, I guess, adapted, modified, uh, amplified. So I, I basically smushed the two recipes together because I did this milk braised pork and then I used that, I, I diced up this lovely braised pork um, and put it in a chowder base and I got uh, bread bowls from it Panera. It was amazing. Was bread bowls, I think they were, with their chives on top? Mm-hmm. Uh, parsley. Fresh parsley on top mm-hmm. fresh and, and parsley. some pancetta. more dried pancetta too yes yeah. so pancetta was the like it was it was the most flavorful <laughs> delicious like there's a picture of it that he shared on our on our podcast mm-hmm. page um it's it was the hit of the ama- season yes. winner uh, like winner i'm sorry you, don dan you had good answers but uh, <laughs> all right <laughs> we got one point for don one point for trevor um i'll go next the right. the thing I have been wanting desperately is a massage. Oh. I want a deep tissue, stretch my limbs out, step on my back, <laughs> the full meal. I have never in my life had a forehand massage. I'm kind of tempted. Like I'll, I'll splurge for it after this is all done because I want I want maximum pressure all over my body, <laughs> and I'm so looking forward to that. I have my answer. Uh, I do too. I also do. <laughs> oh boy. The- okay, let, let's make this family friendly for people. Oh yeah. damn it! <laughs> Come on, you open the door. Oh, I don't think we're not going to do it. Whatever. Go, go to town. Answer. Go to town. <laughs> Michael. Um, no, my answer was is half a joke, but I think it would be. So my answer was that the the person doing your the massage would be this like like six foot three like Swedish female, like bodybuilder figure, oh. the strongest person on the, the Western seaboard who would come in and like, you have never felt hands this strong in uh. your life and you never will <laughs> yes. again afterwards. Yes. Just the, the most like intense, fantastically like affecting strong massage you've ever dreamed of. Okay. Glorious. My turn. (laughs) Yeah, fuck that. So I think (laughs) I have a very different idea for massage. So what I would do is I would make sure that you had the plane ticket in hand to get a masseur and either go to the foreign country in which that masseur practices. Ooh. Or if you don't feel like traveling and getting through an airport, having that masseur brought to you. Both very good answers mm. so far. I, w- I would post- not mind some take, traveling. T- take that, Postmates. Um, <laughs> I enter in a an explosion of green fire. <laughs> <laughs> and I bestow upon you the gift of the perfect and perfectly... Easy and unawkward uh, erection from the table. Excuse oh. me. There's no strain. There is no oh. awkward. You don't have to worry about your towel falling or anything. You get up with the grace and the ease at the of end. like oh. a, a giraffe or gazelle or something. Does this make sense? Because I feel like that needs a little explanation. A gazelle moving in slow motion. Like well, just because when I, whenever I've had a massage, it's always like awkward getting up from the table because like I have my I have to manage my towel and just I'm mm-hmm. relaxed so there's strain but strain free perfect dismount dismount, dismount. <laughs> that sounds pretty appealing too. All right, That's well thoughtful. all of those sound really good. I can't shake the picture of me getting a massage in a open walled Thai uh, grass hut <laughs> facing the ocean. Uh, Dan, so, you're yeah. going to Thailand. We're going to Thailand. <laughs> That's so pretty uh, good. Point That's goes pretty to good. Dan. Point goes hey. to Dan. Oh, it's a three-way split. Three-way split. <laughs> three-way split. <laughs> All, right. All right, Dan, Dan, what is your wish? All right, so the thing I have missed the most, this is such a little thing, but it expands infinitely, <laughs> 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 is 
It's I, so you, Dan. It is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really miss. I really okay. So the, there's a uh, our high end grocery store down the street does these virtual wine tastings, and Trevor mm. doesn't drink, so I've been making him eat the charcuterie and, <laughs> and sitting there with the wine and sitting and, taste the wine. and forced here. And he's like, yes, it tastes like white. <laughs> it tastes like red. good answer. Trevor. Good answer. And so I really miss, I really miss sharing food and drink with people. So, um, I guess my, my little fantasy is to either have, uh, uh, just a couple of people over for a wine tasting Let's, let's make it that because that's manageable. A couple of, just a, a few people over for a wine tasting or a spirits tasting or whatever kind of tasting. I don't know. You help me out, boys. Hmm. My, my answer is a simple one, but could expand infinitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you have your friends set to come. You have the, the space is set. Uh, you have the ambiance. You have all of your snacks ready. But what you really need are the the drinks either the wines that you're tasting the drinks that are being made and i would provide for you any any alcohol or liqueur oh my on earth (laughs) any single one in existence or from legend (laughs) and you can then provide that for your guests you can make whatever drinks out of it you you desire Uh, and you can then share in the experience of trying something, which I'm assuming you have one or two that would be quite hard to get. Your oh hands my god! On. Everything from Romulan ale to Arcturan brandy, all <laughs> mine, mine for the asking. It's there for you. It's there, <laughs> and you guys get to try it and talk about it and have a good night. Oh, that is that is an excellent choice. It also eats mine. Oh, <laughs> oh no! That's why I went first because I was like, oh, somebody else is Dick. probably going to think of this too. All right. Well, I am not going to offer you any any single thing on earth Uh i'm gonna offer you one specific bottle of wine okay so there was a grape in france that Uh was the mother of all grapes that went out across the world it's the mother grape of wine but uh all of the other places in the world have had to adjust the grape over time but that original grape was wiped out by a parasite Mm. in the 1950s i think really but there are still mm-hmm. a very few bottles of wine around made from that original grape before they were all destroyed. I would make sure that you got one of the last <gasps> bottles of that wine still in existence to well, share. Doesn't that really get encompassed by my answer? <laughs> well, but here, well, here, here, no, I'll, I'll tell you this. Here's, here's the difference, Michael. See, I could drink it or auction it. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> it those, true. Thing, those fuckers are valuable. That's right. <laughs> I would give you the gift of, uh, I can't remember her name, our favorite uh, waitress from the Grand Oh, Holly. Holly would be running the tasting. Oh, God, yes. And she would be pouring Mm -hmm. the wine and she would clean up. (gasps) Oh, this is very good. This is very good. That's a good answer. Uh, Did did, you, yeah, Holly was, um, when we go to the Grand... Uh, when we go it's to not the Grand California, it's the it's um, the Carthay Circle. Car- Carthay Circle at the Grand Californian. Disney has a couple of very high end dining uh, facilities uh, on property, and she's a waitress that we've had uh, uh, more than once, and is just delightful, and we 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 love her and um she makes the experience yes. she does it's like I, I think I think at this point I think I like her better than I like the restaurant at this point, <laughs> um so yeah. Boy, oh no, I have to choose. Ooh, that's tough. I have to choose. You're picking a winner here, just so you know. Oh, am I? Oh, God. Really? Yeah. Damn. You Um, are picking a winner or creating a four-way tie. I'm going to go with Holly running the wine tasting. That's just delightful. Nice. Yay. Well done. I hope she's still there. Oh, God. I mean, Trevor's our winner for the day. Hopefully she's somewhere. Good job, Trevor. Yeah, I think- He is the best gift. I think we can see from some of these that like a little bit of return to familiarity- Seeing some of the faces that we missed, those are the things on our mind. Mm-hmm. Well, and for me, it's all about the people. That's what I miss mm-hmm. the most yeah. is just being able to see and be with people. Very yeah, much so. I agree. That's that's what game night is to me. It's not, I mean, the game is, yes, the game is a big part of it, but really just hanging out with friends, having snacks, drinking drinks, the whole social experience. 
So what is it that you are most looking forward to, dear listener? You can yeah. tell us. Where can they tell us, Trevor? Well, that means explaining. So <laughs> we're on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars in a review on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, whatever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> see all the, um, the lovely articles and upsetting articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Maybe uh, you also pushed yourself a little too hard and you're listening on the couch while you ice your knee. And then uh, you hear a a cork pop. And it's it's Holly, who you don't know. (laughs) And she's bringing you a delicious glass of wine that's like Mm. the first grape in existence or whatever Tom said. (laughs) Um... And then she peels off her hyper-realistic mask, and it's actually Michael, who you know. Ah, and he says, "Look out!" Yeah. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Flawless. Flawless. Mission Impossible. Star. Great dismount. <laughs>